with a reasonable answer for the hope that lies within us, this is Contending for the Faith with Dr. Jerry Buckner. And now, to introduce Dr. Jerry Buckner, here's Gary Bell. Well, good evening and welcome to the first episode of 2021. This is Gary Bell, and I just can't help but be excited about what God is going to do in this brand new year. Good evening, and welcome to Contending for the Faith. We're the cutting-edge Christian apologetic ministry addressing issues and challenges facing today's church with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. And if you've been listening to Contending for the Faith over the last year and, and toward the end of the year, you know that we are in the middle of a series And we're going to bring you part seven tonight of our series on the doctrine of the Trinity. And this essential doctrine of the Christian faith is one of the most controversial teachings in the Bible. The doctrine of the Trinity has been maligned and attacked, denied, isogeted throughout history, going all the way back to the Arian heresy under Arius Alexander. So the big question Why is there so much biblical illiteracy when it comes to this doctrine, particularly in our churches? And what can we do to disciple people in this essential area? Well, for the answer to this and much, much more, stay tuned, for we are not pretending. We are contending for the faith. Dr. Buckner, how are you in this brand new year? Brother Gary, I'm truly blessed, and Happy New Year to you and to all those out there listening in uh, Radio Land. We are blessed to be alive and among the living and to be able to have a testimony to give to the world. And like you said, we're looking forward to seeing what God is going to do in and through us. And thank you so much for that introduction. And we uh, are Uh, taking it serious about this thing of biblical illiteracy. That's why we believe in contending for the faith. That word, contend for the faith, is an apologetic word that's found in Jude 3, where the half-brother of Jesus said, contend for the faith that was once and for all delivered unto the saints. We contend for the faith. We, uh, The Phillips translation says, fight for the faith. We fight for truth, and we give reasons and answers, as it says in First Peter 3 and 15. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to everyone that asks of you, a reason of hope that's in you with meekness and fear. Now, there was a man, uh, an apologist, in the 1950s. His name was Dr. Marcus Bach. Don't forget that name. Dr. Marcus Bach, and he was the leading expert before Walter Martin in the field of comparative religion and apologetics, and he was a great uh, influence of uh, Walter Martin, my mentor, Dr. Walter Martin, but uh, he shared a story about doing a series of articles in the 1950s, and the series of articles was entitled warning the cults of the dangers of the cults in our land, warning about the dangers of the cults in our land. And he sent these articles to the various churches in the 1950s. And his editor was Ted Gill at the time. 
And when the mail came in from all of those churches responding to him warning about the dangers of the cults, <laughs> the churches responded by saying, these organizations sound so good, can we have their addresses we like to join them? That's just how pathetic it was. Why were the people thinking like that? Because they were biblically illiterate regarding the word of God. They had not been discipled. And when people in our churches today are not discipled, then it opens up Pandora's box for all the evils of the world to come in to our homes, our churches, our communities, and abroad. Now, the purpose of Contending for the Faith is to take you into a Bible class, a Bible-type seminary. So we want to encourage you to get your Bibles and your pens and your paper, because we believe in breaking down the Word, giving you the Word, and giving you meat and not bones. Now, one thing I want to say here that's very important regarding God, and uh, we, we know that we've been studying uh, the fact that the Trinity, and we have learned that uh, God is one God, and we have said, if it can be shown, that there is one God, and we demonstrated that. And we demonstrated if that one God can be called Father, God the Father, we demonstrated that. Now we are demonstrating, can that one God be called the Son? And that's the section we're in now. And this is going to take a little while dealing with God the Son. A lot of people think about Jesus being the Son of Man. Yes, he was. That refers to his humanity. But God the Son refers to his divinity. He was God the Son, but the Son of Man. And you must not confuse those two. He was one person with two natures, a divine nature and a human nature. Now, you need to understand that God's name, as he revealed himself in the Old Testament and the New Testament, he revealed himself as the great I am. Now, you need to make a note of this because this is so important. Uh, the term I am relating to God appears over 300 times. That's a lot of times, over 300 times in the Bible. M let me repeat that. The term I am relating to God appears over 300 times in the Bible. Now, a trivia question is this. Where is the first time this I am in the Bible mentioned? That's a trivial question. You want to try to get it? Go for it. <laughs> I'll give you a moment, a second to think about it. Where do you think the first I am appears in the Old Testament? You thought about that? Hopefully you got the right answer. The first time the word I am appears related to God is in Genesis 15 and 1. Genesis 15 and 1, God said to Abraham, or Abram, fear not, I am. There's a word right there. I am thy shield 
and thy exceeding great reward. First time the word I am is mentioned. Now that's God's name. Now, another trivia question. So that's the first book in the Bible, right? And that's the first time the word I am is mentioned because it's mentioned over 300 times. Where in the New Testament uh, is the last time, or what should I say, the first time in the, or last time in the last book of the Bible, where you have the I am being mentioned? Well, take a guess. Where do you think that's at? That's in Revelation 22 and verse 16. Revelation 22 and verse 16. Jesus said, I am the root. Notice he used the word, I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright and morning star. Now, that's God's name, and that's Jesus' name. Now, you know what makes a person really righteously upset? When you come to them and say, that is not your name. Now, somebody comes to you and say, and you tell them, that this is your name. They say, no, that's not you. That's going to make you righteously upset because they're denying your uh, identity. They're denying your history. They're denying your personhood. They're denying what you was birthed with. Well, when any time somebody says, this is not God's name, okay, you are sinning greatly. And then also, you're also sinning greatly when you say that that's not Jesus' name. Jesus called himself the I am. Listen to this now. Here's another trivia question. Like these trivia questions? How many times do you think in the Johannian gospel, that's the, us theologians use the word Johannian, which is another word for John. Here's a trivia question. How many times in the Gospel of John, is the word I am mentioned. Take a guess. Think you got it? Well, here's the answer. It's mentioned 23 times in all. We find the Lord's meaningful I am ego e me in Greek, in the Greek text of the Gospel of John. Now, this is what I'm going to do. And I'm going to have you do some homework and you look it up. You look it up. Quickly, I'm going to go through these verses. You get them down quickly, then you do homework on it. Now, this is some of them, but it's not the totality. John 4, 26. John 6, 20, 35, 41, 48, 51. John 8, 12, verses 12, 18, 24, 28, 58. Then John chapter 10, verses 7, 9, 11, and 14. John chapter 11, verse 25. John 13 and verse 19. John 14, 16. John 15, verses 1 and 5. John 18, verses 5, 6, and 8. Now, uh, so... But I want to say this. Now, this is interesting as well in, in bringing this home. The word I am is the God name for God and Jesus, because he's God. Now, 
23 times in the Gospel of John. That's why every new Christian should study the Gospel of John. You should start off with the Gospel of John. Anybody that you're talking to that want to learn the Bible, tell them, study the Gospel of John, because it teaches you about who Jesus is. Now, there are seven times, seven times that the word I am is used regarding salvation. Now, I'll say this, and then I'm close. The word I am is mentioned seven times regarding salvation. What are they? John 6 and 35, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. Number two, John 8 and 12, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Number three, John 10 and 9, I am the door. If any man enter, enter by me, he shall be saved. Number four, John 10 and 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. Number five, John eleven twenty five. I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, shall live. Number six, John 15 and 1, I am the true vine. And number seven, John 14 and six, I am the way, the truth, and life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Now, so that's it. That's it regarding salvation. Now, you must believe in who he is as the I am. You don't as God. If you deny that, then you need to look at John 8 and 24. Jesus said, if you believe not that I am he, you will die in your sin. Confess your sins right now. Accept Jesus as your Savior and Lord and God incarnate in the flesh. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. Brother Gary. All right. Well, it's time for this to take that commercial break. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the Bay. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. I'm Gary Bell, and once again, Happy New Year, and welcome to our first broadcast of 2021. We hope that you have thus far enjoyed the broadcast, and if you need prayer, we're here to pray with you because we always believe that prayer should be your first response and not your last resort. Don't hesitate to pray. Seek God's face uh, right away. You know, if something happens, something concerns you, you know, don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. And, um, you know, God will, will meet you and he will provide you with answers. So we want to encourage you. We also want to thank those of you who have been praying for contending for the faith these many years, because we know without those prayers, we would not be on the air today. It is so vital that you continue to pray for us, continue to lift us up and uh, ask God to bless this ministry. And he has. He's been faithful. And we, we can't thank you enough for uh, those prayers. And also those of you who have partnered with us financially over the years, um, you know, it costs us 400, 400 a week to remain on the air. It's, it's not cheap to do this, this ministry, but through your participation, 
through partnering with us financially. Uh, we've been able to stay on the air. It's a listener-supported ministry, and you guys have been wonderfully supporting us over these many, many years. And we ask that you continue to pray for us and that you continue to partner with us financially. And, you know, we just thank God for you. You know, many of you have stepped up to the plate over the holidays. And, you know, right now we are in the black, starting a new year afresh. And that's just a testament to your faithfulness and allowing God to work through you. So we want to ask you to continue to pray and continue to give. There's two ways that you can donate. Uh, Number one is address a uh, check or money order to Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California. Tiburon spelled T-I-B-U-R-O-N, California, 94920. And the second way is so much easier. Simply go online to contendingfaith.org, contendingfaith.org. Click on the donate button, and away you go. You'll be a blessing for time and eternity. That's money that's going ahead of you into heaven, where the the moth can't eat, and the rust won't rust it, and uh, the thief won't be able to get a hold of it. And, uh, you know, it's it's a blessing into eternity. So we want to encourage you in this brand new year to uh, partner with us on a consistent basis Pray with, pray with for us on a consistent basis to conti- that this ministry would continue to be a blessing to those that listen. So, Dr. Buckner, are you ready to get to the callers? Let's do that, Brother Gary. Thank you for the okay. Appreciate that. And uh, we have Brother Rick waiting. Happy Brother New Rick. Year, you all. Happy New Year to you, my brother, as well. How are you doing? I am blessed. Got oh, an interesting good. question to start off the new year. Oh, yeah. What you have on your heart? Well, we as Christians, uh, you know, we go, through, we go through our life, we go through our walk, and we still feel a sense of shame and guilt about uh, our, our sins. How do you deal with that? Well, that's a good question, you know, and I believe that uh, all of us have struggled with this, and we see people in the Bible, even Job, he was a righteous man, but he struggle with uh, a lot of uh, uh, guilt later on, and uh, God had to get his focus on him. And I think a lot of times what happens when we uh, get our focus on ourselves, uh, we start to feed into doubt, we start to feed into fear and shame, and all of that stuff uh, came out of the Garden of Eden with the enemy. Because that's what he brought to our first uh, human family, uh, Adam and Eve, uh, after they had sinned, the guilt, the shame, and the isolation and all that came in, and the fear as well, and also them trying to uh, work out their own salvation by uh, getting together fig leaves rather than letting God do it the way that he's always uh, done it. So, um, but I also think, believe that uh, we, this is the time where we have to trust God uh, when we are believers that, and lean on 1 John 1 and 9, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And we got to deal with sin 
uh, because sometimes as, as believers, when we sin, we got to confess those sins. And we don't confess those sins, then uh, the flesh dominates. And, uh, and and one true sign of a true believer is that they're going to not only confess the sins, but they're going to repent of the sins. If they don't, then they fit in the category of 1 Corinthians 6 and 9, those who practice all these things will not inherit the kingdom of God, you know, and he gave, gives a whole list of things related to the flesh and fornication and, and all sorts of sins. Um, I think the key thing is, and a lot of times you don't hear preachers generally bringing this out, but let me bring it out. Uh, I bring out 1 Corinthians 11, uh, because the Apostle Paul uh, was dealing with a, a church that was uh, abusing uh, the Lord's Supper. They were abusing a lot of things in the church, and they were feeling guilty over it. And Paul ended up saying, judge yourself, lest you be judged. When the Lord doesn't want to judge us, he judged us everything, all of our sins at the cross. Now he wants us to live in freedom. He wants us to live in grace and peace and blessings. But we have to judge ourselves, judge the sin. But Paul says, judge yourself, lest you be judged. So when we stand before God, he's not going to judge us upon our sins, but upon our works. So, but a lot of times we, we are falling victim of the victimization of sin because every day we need to judge those sins in our lives and, and make sure that we're repenting of those sins. And as John the Baptist says, bring forth the fruit of repentance. We can't just talk it, but we got to walk it and bring forth the fruit of repentance and uh, know that uh, in Christ, we have been redeemed from our sins. We've been reconciled. We've been uh, delivered. And now what we need to do is walk in the spirit. I will say this in conclusion on this, that what what we do, we we go to Galatians chapter 5. I encourage people to go to Galatians chapter 5 and read that whole chapter because the Apostle Paul said, if you walk in the spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So a lot of times the reason why we're walking in the flesh is because we're not walking in the spirit. And we got to uh, you know, as Dwight Lyman Moody says in his book, Secret Powers, we got to empty ourselves so God can fill us. And he says many times people are praying for God to fill them when they're already filled with something else. He said there has to be an emptying before God can do a filling. So uh, now when he talks about the fruit of the Spirit, he mentions in Galatians 5 and 22, that the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, goodness, you know, long-suffering, gentleness, meekness, and then he talks about self-control. So how does self-control come in dealing with guilt, sin, shame? Is that we got to be filled with the Spirit. We got to be walking in the Spirit. And too many Christians now are living defeated lives in the flesh. And we got three enemies, and this is where warfare come in. We got to equip people and train them in spiritual warfare that we got three types of enemies. The devil comes at us in the spiritual realm. The flesh comes at us in the inner realm. And the world comes at us in the outer realm. And we need to have the armor on. We need to be walking in the spirit. 
and we won't fulfill the lusts of the flesh. You know, one interesting thing I'll say in closing, it is interesting that when Paul and uh, the early church was dealing with uh, issues, they they did not have uh, AA groups and NA groups and, and Alcohol Anonymous groups and all of that stuff. Man, I tell you, the thing that they did was they just told people to walk in the spirit and you won't fulfill the lust. I believe a lot of our problem today is that we go into all these meetings, even though it's helpful in some ways, but I really do believe if we walk in the spirit, we might have to, we could stop a lot of that stuff that we think is the best thing for us. I think the best thing for us is deny ourselves, take up a cross and follow him and start walking in the spirit. And we want to fulfill the lust of the flesh. I think that's really important for us, Rick. So hopefully mm-hmm. that's giving you some insight. Mm-hmm. And Doc, I would add, you know, Romans chapter eight. Yes. And verse one, there is therefore now no condemnation no to them that are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, there you but go. after the spirit. That's so it. Once again, you, you see that, that correlation. And a lot of times people, you know, they, they have a hard time, you know, forgiving themselves or believing that God will forgive them. And the enemy comes in there and lies to them. And God can forgive you that. You did this, this, and that. Call yourself a right. Christian. And, you know, and the enemy lies and beats people down. And the Bible says there is no condemnation. God is not condemning you. If you confess, you repent, you move forward. And, you know, it's cast on the sea of forgetfulness. You That's just it. need to let it go. <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. You, you, that's a real good scripture there, Romans 8 and 1. And matter of fact, the whole chapter, because the whole chapter mentions the word uh, spirit over and over. We got this liberty, liberty in as we walk in the spirit. And uh, it, it'll take that, that spirit of condemnation from us uh, because once the devil gets you into doubt, he can take you a lot of places. Doubt, fear, and shame is the traps of Satan to make you not experience the power of God. And we got to be really uh, uh, on our guard. And that's where war- uh, spiritual warfare come in in the armor. Well, hopefully, Rick, that, that helps out. Uh, and thank Amen. you, Brother Gary, for that as well. Appreciate it. Do you have any prayer requests, my brother? Please um, pray for my mother, especially this year. And especially yes. right now, she is uh, going through a lot of struggles with her health. And just open up her heart. Just pray that her heart opens up, that she uh, hears the gospel and receives the gospel. Mm-hmm. Amen. What a good Amen. prayer request. Good yes. prayer request for your mother. You know what, Rick? We actually prayed for your mother before the broadcast. Those same, that exact same prayer request. So, but we'll pray now again because we want the listening audience to join us. There you go. In that That's request. Yes. <clears throat> so, Heavenly Father, we just thank you for uh, doubling down on this prayer request. We just pray again that you, Lord, would touch Brother Rick's mom and family, Lord God, that salvation would come to them in 2021. We pray for Brother Rick as well that you keep him in good health that you continue to keep him encouraged and not discouraged, that you keep lifting him up, Lord God, and blessing him in every area of his life, in every area of his health, in every area of his walk. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Brother Gary. Thank you, Brother Rick, for your call and 
And always good God questions. Bless. God bless you. Okay. We have, we have two minutes. And maybe we can at least get the question out for Jermaine. Hello, Brother Jermaine. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing fine. Happy New Year, fellas. Happy New Year to you, my brother. Have you had have you had a good New Year so far? Yeah, so far I'm so good. I can't complain. I'm still here, so I consider that a, a good New Year. And how are your family doing? Everyone is doing very well. Well, praise God. That is that is good. That is good. And uh, what's on your heart? Maybe we can get your question, and then maybe when we come back from the commercial break, we'll address it. Sure. I'll be real quick today. My, my question is, with all of the turmoil and things going on, uh, you know, in, in the country and in, in parts of the world, how is a Christian, you know, best suited to pray for this upcoming season, you know, which I personally think is not over? I think people saw 2020 flip to 2021 and they just assumed, oh, it's over. But I, I, I'm just like, hey, how, how do we know it can't be a sign of something worse to come? Just, uh, with our current attitudes in our, our country and just uh, the devastation financially that that'll likely come from people not working for so long and et cetera, et cetera. What, what's the best way to uh, pray in preparation for that? Oh, beautiful. Good, good question. Good question. Well, what we will do, we will uh, uh, address that uh, question because that's a very, very good question. And I'm, I know that there are others who are, listening who probably have the same uh, feelings and uh, heart concern as you as well. So we will uh, address that after we come back from the commercial break. All right. Well, it's time to take that commercial break. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the Bay. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith. And this is our first live broadcast for 2021. And we are excited to be here with you tonight to take your calls, answer your questions, to pray with you if you need prayer. Uh, And uh, it's just been a tremendous, tremendous evening. And again, we want to thank all of you who have been praying for this ministry and all of you who have partnered with us financially to support uh, Contending for the Faith. There's two ways that you can donate. It costs us 400 a week to do this broadcast, so we need your consistent support. And the best way to do that is to send a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, spelled T-I-B-U-R-O-N, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith. Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. Second way is so much easier. Just get on your tablet, your laptop, your smartphone, and go online to contendingfaith.org. That's contendingfaith.org. Click on the Donate button, and it's that simple. You will be a blessing for time and eternity. You'll be a blessing to those who have been listening to this broadcast and those who are new to the broadcast as we provide reasons and answers for your faith, to give you the ammunition to stand up and to uh, contend for the faith 
in your own circles. It's so important. We've talked about biblical illiteracy being rampant, and this ministry is designed to equip you that you are not getting whipped. We always say, if you're not equipped, expect to get whipped, and we don't want that. We want to see all of you ready to give an answer, and that's why we're here. Well, let's get back to our phone lines. We were in conversation with Jermaine. Are you still there? Oh, yes, I am. Well, Jermaine, thank you for your patience and also your good question. I want to share a story with you uh, that is relatable to your question. Um, Pastor uh, Chuck Smith, the founder of the Calvary Chapel Churches, um, when he uh, was, he was in Southern California, had a ministry there in Huntington Beach um, before he moved uh, beyond that area. But uh, he used to get so down and out about the world around us and the troubles and the problems and the issues. And he would always go by this uh, uh, older lady's house and she would always give him a good word. And she was in her 90s and she would uh, always tell him, she would say, Chuck, always remember that God is on the throne. God is on the throne and he is in control and there's nothing that takes him by surprise. And he said he would get so encouraged by that and he would he started praying that prayer that God, you're on the throne, you're in control. And you remember uh, when Pontius Pilate was saying to Jesus, do you realize what I can do if you don't do this? I mean, things were chaotic in that day, right? With the Roman uh, government right. and everything like that. And Jesus said, you wouldn't be able to do anything unless God give you the power to do it. You know, one of the things that we always try to remember uh, in our prayer life is God is on the throne. He's in control. And we pray um, his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. You know, the great prayer, when we talk about the best way to pray for 2021 and every day, Jesus gave us that great prayer, uh, the disciples' prayer, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from all evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. You know, we pray in the midst of all the stuff that's going on today, God's will be done, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You know, that's the the essential prayer. You Nobody can improve on that prayer. I have to remind even some minister friends of mine, they say, say the same thing. What's the best way to pray? As Jesus told us, told us you can't improve on his, his exhortation. And, and within that prayer, you remember Daniel, he had prayed three times a day to God in the midst of a chaotic world, 
I mean, he was going through everything you can think of as a young man, a follower of God. The world was so bad in his day. But look at this, three times a day. You know, people have used the prayer of Daniel three times a day in churches, and they pray three times a day in unison. They have other people in churches and friends and everything. They're praying around the same time. God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Because the kingdom of God is the number one most important word that Jesus preached on more so than any other word. It's just the kingdom. And so, and then also we should pray that in 2021 and every day, Jesus said, now the end will not come in Matthew 24 until the gospel is given out into all the world. So our thing is to not only pray God's will be done on earth as in heaven, the disciples prayer and realize he's in control and Satan can't do nothing unless he gives him permission. And when he gives him permission, he uses the devil for his own glory. Now, but Matthew 24, Jesus said, the, when the gospel is given into all the world, then the end will come. So our thing is, is to be the light and to be the salt, to be the salt as a preservative, the light in a dark world. And the reason why God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah is not because of the homosexuality and all of that. It's because he could not find even 10 righteous people. So I 50, narrowing it down to even 10, couldn't find 10 righteous people. What is God saying? I'm concerned about us being change agents that, and somebody say, well, uh, it's hard to change the world. No, God doesn't want you to be changing the world. We got to have the attitude like Martin Luther King Jr. If I can just help one person, my work is not in vain. So we're out there to be the salt and light to a dark world and uh, get the gospel out. Preach the word in season and out. That's our duty. That's our calling. And politics and all of that stuff is not our number one priority. Our number one priority is to preach the word of God, teach it, disciple people, get people in the kingdom before it's too late. And that's what Jesus told the disciples. He said, they were concerned about the temple being destroyed and the Romans coming in and all that. Jesus said, take the gospel out into all the world, you know, before the end comes. So that hopefully that's uh, helpful. Yeah, we, we pray for peace, but peace will never come unless it's peace within in Christ. And then you can't ever go wrong with throwing into the prayer, 2 Chronicles 7 14. We call that before the nation. You know, if my people call by my name, humble themselves and pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, forgive their sin. We got to throw that second Chronicles out there to an ungodly world that they will come to grips with that. But our prayers can be like Daniel. Heaven was moved with Daniel praying three times a day. And we need to get, we need to pray like that collectively. And Daniel was able to overthrow a lot of stuff in this day because the power of prayer. Hopefully that's help, been helpful along with the disciples' prayer there. You cannot, you cannot improve upon that prayer. I say it every day, 
And I see God working with that prayer every day in my life. Yeah, absolutely. Outstanding answer, Dr. Buckner. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. You're welcome, brother. Use that and go with it, brother. Go with it. Share it with some others. I sure will. Thank you. God bless you guys. You got it. All right. God bless you. All right. Let's try to get to Sophia before we run out of time. Sophia. Oh, I tell you, it is now the beginning of the new year. I said, no, it's not the new year till I'm with Brother Gary and Dr. Buckner. So oh, it's officially started for me. So happy new year to you both. Now, I will be fast because you know sometimes I'm too slow. So this, I'm in 1 Corinthians, and I'm reading this. This is uh, 12, uh, 27. Now, all are the body of Christ, and each of you has a part in it. And then it goes on to say, do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues, etc." So my question to you is, talking to a friend, a colleague, and I, you know, I just complained. I wasn't really complaining. I mentioned I have sciatica. So she says, oh, come, you could, I guarantee you will be healed. This woman has a healing power. So now Jesus did say that I will send the comforter, and you can do all that I can do. But so I want to know from you. Now, I pray for people. We all pray for people. Uh, we, you do that on your show all the time. But we're playing, I think, to God. We're playing for Jesus to heal. Does man, does, if I go to this church, can she heal? I mean, we're, biblically, what is, who, who can heal and who can't heal? Well, that's a good, that's a good question. First and foremost, it's, uh, God has uh, allowed the gift of healing uh, in the church, we find that in First Corinthians chapter 12, and it says to some, the gift of healing, and then the gift of help. So not everybody have the gift of healing. Now, the gift of healing is not, uh, I want to give you a little bit of information on that. The gift of healing today is not the normative. Now, what do I mean by the normative? I mean this, that the reason why it was a normative in the first century is because of the apostles. It was a sign gift to them uh, to confirm the validity and historicity and authenticity of the gospel. So Jesus uh, gave that gift to them, uh, and it was an ongoing uh, exercising gift. Now, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, uh, we find that the gift is continuing because we learn in uh, Romans 11, 28 and 29, that the gifts and callings of God is without repentance. That's the old King James, which means that it cannot be changed, as well as uh, a very few people overlook 1 Corinthians 1 and 7. I encourage you to look at that, 1 Corinthians 1 and 7, where it talks about that ye come behind in the Greek lacking in no gift waiting for the coming of our Lord Jesus, lacking in no gift. So the gifts today is not the normative. Uh, sometimes God breaks into time and space and will give some people the gift of healing, but it's not the normative like it was in the first century church. So if, for instance, again, to give you an example, my mother uh, had uh, uh, gallstones in her bladder and uh, so she called me and she said, I believe you believe in the power of healing. And she called me and uh, asked me to pray for her. And I prayed that God's will be done. Because what a lot of people do when this comes to healing, they throw out the will of God. I think it's very important that we look at 1 John 5 and 14. 
First John 5 and 14 says, we have this confidence. If we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. So the part of the healing process is his will. So when I prayed for my mother, I said, she showed us the x-rays and she went back and did the x-rays again and all of the gallstones were gone. That, that confirmed to me that God is in the business of still healing today, but it's not always the normative. And the reason why I say that is because look at the Apostle Paul. He had one of the greatest exercising of faith. He was the greatest theologian, the greatest, one of the greatest apostles. And in uh, 2 Corinthians 12, he had a thorn in his flesh, and uh, he went to the Lord three times for God to remove it, and God never did heal him of it. And yet he healed all these other people, and yet when it came to Paul being healed himself, God decided not to, to humble him. So some people in the Bible got healed, others didn't, and uh, it's a matter of God's will. And sometimes when people go around saying, I got the gift of healing, you got to put that to the test. You got to say, let me test this. Are you being consistent with scripture? You're being consistent with the word of God? Because, you know, not everybody have the gift. Some people do. But I always say this. Now, check this out. If a person has the gift of healing, and I say this to all of these word faith teachers that are always going around, I got the gift of healing and I can name it and claim it and uh, prosperity this and prosperity that. And, you know, you just name it and claim it and you get a Rolls Royce and you get a mansion and all that. I always tell them, you know what, if you really have the gift of healing, why don't you go into these convalescent homes? Why don't you go into the hospitals? Why don't you go into these COVID places and clean them out? This, this is what this is what I mean by the gift of healing. If you have you really have the gift of healing, those are the things that you would be doing. You wouldn't be sitting up bragging about it or just elevating yourself. If you would be, you would be going forth and clearing out the hospitals and the convalescent homes, and especially those who have uh, you know uh, this problem with uh, the virus now. This is the perfect opportunity for you to exercise that so-called gift of healing. So hopefully uh, this is giving you a little additional insight to what I'm saying. Closing, you started off with the Lord's Prayer. It, the, the key is, is the will of God. You have to pray the will of God when you, That's I, it. When That's you heal it. someone. So that is so fabulous. Thank you, because they wanted me to buy a handkerchief. For $50. Oh, no. Oh, no. Don't go there. Let me tell you this. Don't, don't you, you shut those people down. That's word, that's word faith people that is going to lead you astray. You don't need a handkerchief to get your prayers answered and send in money for this and that. No, you need to be listening to people like Dr. Buckner, people like Dr. Charles Stanley, David Jeremiah. Uh, Dr. John MacArthur, some people that are solid in teaching the Bible, uh, and stay away from all of that nonsense. Those people are, are are teaching you stuff way away from the Word of God. You know, and they're and they're shysters. They're they're opportunists. They're trying to get your money. I mean, they're trying I to get your money. Call yes. a spade a spade because that's what it is. Anytime yes. you got to buy something or use somebody's handkerchief or <laughs> you know some it, no. 
you know, God gives good gifts to his children. And he, you know, he knows how to touch you right where you are. You don't have to go any place special if it's his will for you to be healed. Now, I always encourage people to pray. Oh, of course. Uh, you know, when I had diagnosed with colon cancer in 2013, I had everybody and their grandmother praying yeah. for me. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> and, and, you know, and God is faithful. So, you know, we just need to, you know, to, to go before the Lord in prayer and seek his face on a daily basis. You know, don't wait for a crisis to occur. Uh-huh. You, know, we, we, you know, spend time with God every day. Then when things happen, you, you're right there. He's right there. It's, it's already, uh, you know, oh, we're yeah. ready to go. But it listen, like we've got to go. We're yeah, getting like and, and be discerning. <laughs> be discerning. That's, know the word of God. Be discerning. Yeah. All right. Thank you for your call. All right. Well, we've come to the end of tonight's broadcast, and we want to thank Vince, our engineer, and you, our listening audience, for being part of tonight's broadcast. Uh, it's important for us to hear from you. Uh, give us, send us a note of encouragement, and uh, we just can't thank you enough for spending the, this evening with us, the first program of the new year. So please keep us in your prayers until next week at this time, and we once again give you the opportunity to ask questions, make comments, and dialogue with Dr. Bunker. Always with one purpose in mind, to equip, exhort, and better enable you to contend for the faith. May God richly bless you. Amen.